Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Defend Home Field podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining and tuning in to the 229th episode of the show. Once again, that is 229 episodes. This is amazing. I genuinely, this is so random, but I, I just wanted to hop on here and really just say thank you. Uh, I, I really didn't think, I always knew, I've always said this on my show. I've always wanted to make a podcast. I'm going to make a podcast. Like, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. But it's probably not going to last that long. I'm probably going to do it for a little bit, and then that's it. going to quit. Like, that. whatever. Like, I'm, it's probably not going to go on that long. To see that I'm recording my 229th episode. I mean, I, I'm just sitting back, and it's so surreal. Like, that is a that is a lot of episodes, and that, that is a lot of recording. Uh, that is a lot of trial and tribulation. That is a lot of different types of content make you know being made. And also, now that I'm on that topic, let me know what you guys would like to see for content. I will have my social media link down below. And there's also a voice message feature on here too. Let me know what you guys want to see for content. Like, do you guys want to see... Uh, I have a few, I have a guest that I could bring on. Like I know someone that I could bring on if you guys want to see him on, you know, more, more, uh, more, uh, frequently I could ask him and, um, yeah, just let me know. Like, do you guys want to see longer episodes? Like, do you guys want to see, let me know what you guys want to see. I don't know. Do you guys like what we're doing now? Like, let me know. I'm curious. I would love to venture out into what you guys would like to see. And uh, yeah, I'm always curious. But yeah, so we got a great episode here. We're going to be talking about, of course, the Super Bowl. That game happened. I'm so sorry I didn't get a uh, a preview of the Super Bowl on time. I just had a lot of unexpected things come up, honestly. And I just didn't have a chance to end up recording one. That just, it, it just didn't allow for me to be able to do that. So I really am sorry about that. But we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about... Of course, the field in that game, the issues coming with that. And we just got a great episode. Derek Carr, of course, we got news with him as well. So stick around, share, follow, whatever you guys want to do. Please give it a rating and a follow wherever you guys listen to your podcasts. Anyways, let's get into the episode. I'm sorry for rambling. But the first thing here is going to be with the Kelsey brothers. So yeah, Jason Kelsey has said that he's undecided on his future as both the Kelsey brothers processed an emotional Super Bowl 57 where they were both featured in the game at the same time. This is also the first Super Bowl. If you guys did not know this, this is the first Super Bowl that we've had two brothers face off against each other in the same game in on the biggest stage. Jason Kelsey, of course, the center and Travis Kelsey tight end. But yeah, so the confetti has settled long enough for Jason and Travis Kelsey to review their historic showdown in Super Bowl 57. The emotions were definitely high. Of course, their mom supporting both, you know, both sons. Obviously, one one was a winner and one lost in the Super Bowl. So you're consoling one son and congratulating another. That's got to be a tough thing as a parent. You know, I, I don't know how any parent... I mean, it's an exciting thing, but it's also like, uh, you know, you want to be happy for one, but then... You just feel bad because of the other one, like the other one lost. So it's like, ah, you know, what, what do I do? You know, that's tough. Uh, but yeah, so Jason and Travis recorded another edition of their incredibly popular podcast, which was published Wednesday today and included a full recap of the Super Bowl 
which two brothers faced off first in NFL history. That is insane. Uh, against each other, Jason's Eagles fell to Travis's Chiefs, of course, 38-35 in the Super Bowl, in a thrilling contest that included every element of a highly entertaining game, but could only produce one winner between the two brothers. Each, obviously, both very emotional. Obviously, one's happy for the other, and one's sad that they lost. And, uh, you know, when one, I mean, I know that one of them has to lose, one of them has to win. If you're on the, if you're the brother on the losing side, you're like, I'm really, really torn because I just lost the Super Bowl that I, you know, but at the same time, you also want to see, you know, you also want to be happy and excited for your brother or for your, you know, um, for your siblings. So it's like, you're always put in a tough situation there. So there's just a lot of, you know, there's a balancing act that comes kind of with it. But yeah, so Jason Kelsey entered the 2022 season with plenty of uncertainty regarding his future after 11 seasons in the NFL. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni didn't waste much time attempting to convince his all-pro center to return for another year, sending him two kegs of beer as part of his pitch. Jason responded by recording a video of him drinking a beer from one of the kegs, which served as his announcement that he would return for another season. One that ended with his Eagles reaching the Super Bowl and failing painfully short of winning a second title in six seasons. Kelsey can certainly still perform at an elite level if one stands proof. Look no further than Jalen Hurts' four-yard touchdown run just before halftime. A four-yard run. That was incredible to watch, too. And he actually ended up setting a record for rushing touchdowns in a game with, I believe, three. So, yeah, that is, that's also history. This was, it was a good game. Yeah, I love high scoring games. I think it was really, it was really, really fun. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to talk about the issue that, of course, I had and many other people had when I kind of get into the game uh, more in depth later on. But yeah, so in which a play Kelsey pulled from his center position to the left edge of the line, covering three gaps worth of width before kicking out Chiefs. Linebacker Nick Bolton to create a lane through which Hertz ran for the score. So yeah, that was really, really cool to see. But yeah, just thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about that. We'll kind of see how Jason Kelsey is. You know, of course, Super Bowl still fresh, so still kind of having time to kind of sit on it and kind of see where he stands later on, possibly in the week. And I mean, of course, he's got a lot of time to make a decision. He doesn't have to make it anytime soon. He can kind of be with friends and family right now until he is ready and kind of talk with them until he's ready to make a decision. Cause that, that's a big decision to make uh, to come back for another season and or retire. I mean, and also signing contracts. I mean, it's also a big commitment because you want to, you know, you want to fulfill that contract and you want to play it out, but, and you also want to give the team a hundred percent of you and have no distractions at all, little as distractions as possible. So yeah, that's always a really, really tough thing. But moving on to the next thing here, these, this is actually really, really big. Jaguars receiver Kelvin Ridley is applying for reinstatement after indefinite suspension for betting on NFL games. So yeah, Kelvin Ridley's first step towards potentially returning to the NFL field arrived on Wednesday. Ridley, who was suspended indefinitely in 2022 for betting on NFL games during the 21 season, is applying for reinstatement today, NFL Network Ian Report has reported. Wednesday marked the first day in which Ridley could apply for reinstatement, according to Rappaport, and starting that process could prompt his return for the 23 season. Ridley changed teams while suspended in 2022 
when the Falcons sent him to the Jaguars in exchange for a pair of conditional picks that could be worth a maximum of a fifth-round selection in 23 and a second-round selection in 24. Conditions of the draft pick compensation are related to when Ridley is reinstated and his status with the team in future seasons, making his initial petition important for more than just Ridley's chance of returning to action. Ridley has not played an NFL game over in over a calendar year. The former 26 overall pick in 2018 last participated in a contest on October 24th of 21, a 30 to 28 Falcons win over the Dolphins in which Ridley caught four passes for 26 yards and a score. He left the team for personal reasons after that game and spent the remainder of the 21 season on the non-football injury list before he was suspended in March of 2022. The 28-year-old receiver has provided plenty of proof of his potential in his four NFL seasons, catching 60 plus pass, catching 60 plus passes for 800 plus receiving yards and at least seven receiving touchdowns. In each of his first three professional campaigns, Ridley was a key part of Atlanta's future prior to his suspension, and the Falcons responded accordingly by selecting USC receiver Drake London in his first round of the 2022 draft as a replacement for Ridley before sending him to Jacksonville. So yeah, once they did that, it was pretty clear, you know, what direction they were heading in and getting rid of Kelvin Ridley, whether that was for, you know, distraction purposes, just didn't believe he was living up to what they had hoped for. Who knows? I mean, it could definitely be a distraction thing and it could definitely be, um, it could also be a mix of the fact that they just didn't really find it to be that great of a fit. So it could have been it could have been a lot of different things, but moving on to the next thing is going to be kind of an NFL news roundup, kind of the latest news as of today, Wednesday, February fifteenth, and uh, yeah, so it's just kind of a report from multiple different teams about what's going on. You know, coaching the coaching carousel kind of continuing, other hires, other you know, dr- other staff changes and stuff like that. So the first thing is going to be with the Panthers. They have coaching hires. Parks Frazier, excuse me, Parks Frazier has been hired as Carolina's new pass game coordinator. Frazier was in Panthers head coach Frank Reich's staff in Indianapolis and was promoted to offensive play caller during the latter half of the 22 season. Special teams coach Chris Tabor is being retained on Reich's staff. Offensive lineman coach James Campen and assistant offensive line coach Robert Kugler are being retained on Reich's staff as well. Broncos coaching hires to with Declan Doyle. He is leaving the Saints to join Sean Payton's staff in Denver as a tight ends coach. Per Ian Rappaport, Doyle spent the past four seasons in New Orleans as an offensive assistant. So kind of that chemistry, of course, with Sean Payton. Jacksonville Jaguars, they have suspended wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Of course, reinstatement today. Dolphins... They have coaching hires with Vic Fangio. He has been officially announced as the Dolphins' offense, uh, defensive coordinator. Excuse me. Fangio quietly signed a contract with the Eagles to help prepare them for the Chiefs in Super Bowl 57, per Tom Pelosero. Reported on January 29th that Miami was hiring Fangio. The Saints have hired Joe Woods as the Saints' defensive coordinator, per Ian Rappaport. He also reports that on February 6th, the Saints were expected to hire the former Browns defensive coordinator. New Orleans also announced the hires of Todd Grantham as defensive line coach Marcus Robertson as secondary coach. 
Clancy Barone as tight ends coach and Kevin Carberry as assistant offensive line coach. The next team is the Steelers. They have retirements with John Mitchell, the assistant head coach to Mike Tomlin, announced his retirement after spending the last 29 years with the Steelers. Mitchell was the longest tenured member of Tomlin's staff. And the, for the very last thing is the Washington Commanders. They have an interview with Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He will interview for the Commanders offensive coordinator job on Thursday and is considered a top candidate for the role per Ian Rappaport. So yeah, that is it for the latest news roundup as of today, Wednesday, February 15th. Yeah, February 15th. And so yeah, moving on to the next thing is also some really big news. Derek Carr has officially been released by the Las Vegas Raiders after nine seasons with the team. So yeah, there was actually news kind of that came out yesterday that he was informed that he was going to be released by the team today. So he had kind of already known about it, but they let him know yesterday that they were doing that today. So he could expect that today. So yeah, Derek Carr's stay with the silver and black has come to its expected conclusion. Following nine seasons with the Raiders, Carr was released Tuesday ahead of a February 15th deadline, which would have guaranteed or no, excuse me. He was told on Monday that he would be released yesterday. So anyway, yeah, before today's deadline, which would have guaranteed $40.4 million in future earnings for Carr under his previous contract, per Ian Rappaport. The quarterback will now immediately become a free agent for the first time in his NFL career. The release was expected as Rappaport reported Sunday that Carr informed the Raiders he would not accept the trade to the Saints or any other club. Carr has had a no-trade clause in his contract when he signed last April. The Saints and his former Raiders head coach, Dennis Allen, hosted, uh, hosted Carr, who is 31, for a visit last week, opening up optimism of a potential trade. But now that optimism transfers to the quarterback possibility, signing with, Saints, signing with the Saints as a free agent. Though the Saints are likely tops on the list of Carr suitors, they're unlikely to be the only ones given the crop of teams looking for a veteran quarterback option for the 23 season. And those teams are listed here, the Panthers, Colts, Jets, and Commanders, among a few others. So, yeah, you can kind of see, you know, of course, with the Panthers, because they had issues this past season. Of course, they had Sam Darnold. Uh, that didn't really work out. Of course, they had, um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Yeah, that Sam Darnold over there. They also had, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, they also had Baker Mayfield over there as well. Or no, Baker Mayfield was with the Rams. Uh, Panthers. Why can't I think of who? Hold on. Why, why can't I not think of who was all with the Panthers to this point? Um. Yeah, I'm just kind of curious here. I don't know why. I don't know why I can ever think. I don't know why I can't think right now. Yeah, they have Matt Coral right now, which, yeah, I mean, they need. Yeah, they could definitely. I, I mean, it wouldn't be. See, that's the thing, too, is with this list, all of these teams have a case for why they could use a quarterback. I mean, the commanders, of course, they have Tyler, Taylor Heineke, which I think he's good, but if you want me to be honest, 
if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, I, I don't know how much Heineke's going to do that for you. You know, they could use a veteran in, of course, Derek Carr. The Jets, Zach Wilson hasn't really lived up to expectations. Not at all. Uh, they could definitely use him. Joe Flacco is just getting... He's he's to a point where uh, he's just, no. Colts, of course, they definitely need the help. They have been bouncing around quarterbacks, you know, left and right. I mean, they definitely need to find a long-term. Now, that's the thing is Derek Carr probably isn't a long-term option, but you could go out and draft a quarterback and have him learn behind Derek Carr, who is a veteran. And so, yeah, you could definitely go that way. I could see the Colts doing that. That could be good. See, and, and I think the only team is, I, I guess here, my whole thought is the Jets. It, it, it truly depends on how much, how much more time they want to give Zach Wilson. Because I think for me, if you're truly in all in on Zach Wilson, my guess is you're probably not going to be going after Derek Carr. Could they use him? Based on what we've seen with Zach Wilson to this point, yes. Now, but that does, but again, to me, it, it's all about how much more do the Jets want to, you know, invest in Zach Wilson and get people around him. Now, does now does New York have the best receiving core? Do they have the best offense? No, they do not. So it's not all Zach Wilson, but he definitely hasn't lived up to what his draft, you know, selection status kind of was, like his status going into the draft. He definitely wasn't worth that. And to be honest, I was kind of already, at the point that everyone sees, that, let me restart that. To the point that Zach Wilson is at right now, like how everyone is viewing him, honestly, I was already kind of there last year, but to be, to, to be giving him a fair chance, I had to give him another attempt at seeing what he could do. But I was already basically at this point last year. And after seeing how this year went, if anything, I'm just in more belief that he needs, that they need to move on. So yes, I definitely think it's possible the Jets go after him. But again, how much more do they want to give in to Zach Wilson? I don't know. Of course, the Panthers, like I already said, they've had issues. They, they've been going around different quarterbacks. Nothing's working for them. Uh, they, which it sucks because I would love to see them, you know, be competitive and actually do something. So yeah, all these teams really make a good, um, really make a good case for why they could use Derek Carr. And we'll just have to kind of see where he goes. My favorite out of all of these, I'm going to say it right now. I think my favorite probably is Indianapolis. I think he could, or Washington. I think really Indianapolis or Washington would be a good fit for Derek Carr. I think there is, there's competition. I mean, there's like, there's potential for a really good offense on those two teams. Uh, and I really like what both of those teams have as far as an offense that Derek Carr could join and potentially, because my guess is with Derek Carr being a veteran quarterback, my guess is he's going to want to be joining a team that is already, that has the potential to be good. Um, not, you know, record wise, they weren't, all these teams were kind of, I mean, they didn't have the best, you know, records, but they have shown potential. 
the Jets, no, the Panthers, probably not. I mean, the Commanders and Colts, the Colts didn't have the best record. They didn't have the best season. Obviously, they had a lot of distractions and a lot of adversity this season. But yeah, so I'm going to either say the Colts or the Commanders. I think out of those two, that's a tough choice. I would probably have to say the Colts more than the Commanders just because the Commanders have Heineke. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and say the Colts. I think he could be a good choice there. Otherwise, like I said, if he doesn't go Colts, could be Washington. We'll just have to kind of wait and see. I'm really curious to see what you guys think as well. So let me know what you guys think. Moving on to the next thing is with the Cardinals. They are hiring Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as next head coach. So the Cardinals are hiring Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon to be their next head coach per Ian Rappaport. The team has since announced Gannon signing a five-year contract to be the club's coach. Arizona waited weeks to interview Gannon, which did on Monday, while the Eagles were making their Super Bowl run. Cardinals owner Michael, Michael Bidwill announced prior to Super Bowl 57 that the franchise would pause its head coach head coaching search until after the game. Once the Cardinals recommend, uh, rec- recommenced their search, they wasted no time tabbing Gannon to be the franchise's next leader. So yeah, that is great news. Obviously, these coaching carousels kind of starting to slow down as people as spots are kind of becoming to get filled. Gannon and the Eagles lost to the Chiefs on Sunday. The Eagles defense led the NFL in sacks with 70 during the regular season, collecting eight more in three playoff games. Gannon's unit gave up the second fewest yards in the NFL last season, ranking seventh in points allowed. Gannon, who is 40, has no previous experience as a head coach. He has been coaching in the NFL since 07, working with six teams during that span, including three years as a pro and college scout with the St. Louis Rams from 2009 to 2011. Gannon was hired to the post of Eagles defensive coordinator when Nick Sirianni was named head coach in 21. So yeah, that is really, really cool. Moving on to the next thing is former Colts interim head coach Jeff Saturday thanks team for the opportunity after Shane Steichen hiring. Jeff Saturday wants all of Colts Nation, including those who didn't want him as coach, to know that he is supportive of the team as he's always been. Saturday, who was brought in as Colts head coach, interim head coach last year following the midseason firing of Frank Reich, tweeted out a video message on Tuesday following the Colts hiring of Shane Steichen to thank the organization and fans. He also expressed just what it meant for him to lead the team. Kind of saying, first, I just want to say to the Colts organization and Colts Nation, how much I appreciate the opportunity. To all the players laying it out there in each and every week, I can't tell you how much I respect and appreciate what each and every play, not only for the Colts, but the NFL does and what they put out on the line each and every week. So, yeah, that's really cool, obviously. So what ended up happening with Jeff Saturday blowing a 33-0 to second-half lead in a loss to the Vikings with Saturdays and the team's clear low point of a trying season more than 4,000 Colts fans even signed a fan-authorized petition to prevent Saturday's full-time head coach. That's how much they didn't really want him there. So, yeah, that team's faced a ton of adversity. And, yeah, so we'll, they have a lot of kind of questions to answer this offseason as far as the direction of their team as a whole. Not even just offense, but as a whole. Uh, that whole team just, they got to figure something out there. 
And then the final thing for this episode is the Super Bowl kind of recap. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl 57 champions, winning 38-35 to against the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on a, of course, always amazing season. Patrick Mahomes was your Super Bowl MVP. Of course, re-injured, should I say re-injured, yeah, re-injured his high ankle sprain that he had suffered uh, earlier in the playoffs. That was a scary sight. Of course, still really put himself on the line to win the game. I mean, hey, you're in the Super Bowl. Gotta do what you gotta do. Really, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about here was just that playing field. I, I really think that I think if later on this offseason you hear that every team goes to, you know, um, turf, grass, you know, turf playing field, I think it's because of this Super Bowl game. Every single player was so, like, that playing field was so sloppy. I mean, every player was slipping. I mean, even on the kickoff, um, the Eagles, what's the Eagles? I'm trying to think what um, Jake Elliott, that's his name. The Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott, on one of the kickoffs, he literally slipped as he was kicking the ball off. I mean, I think if there's any reason why they end up moving to turf field, you know, later on this offseason, if you hear that, that they are officially doing that, it's because of this game. I mean, that was an awful game as far as like, as far as the field. I mean, that was the probably the worst I've ever seen a game be played because of the field that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that was just awful. I mean, even the kicker couldn't kick a ball because he was slipping and it's because it's a, you know, grass field, not turf. So I, I really, and, and also earlier in the season, there's also lots of different injuries that happened because of turf fields, because of grass fields, excuse me. Every team needs to go to grass, needs to go to turf. I, I, I really think so. And honestly, I'm surprised it's not already a thing. You, you would think with the initiative of, like you would think with the with the player safety, health and safety initiative that's recently, you know, that's been taken up a notch these past few seasons. You would think that would be more of a, you would think that would be more of a topic because of this whole, you know, the NFL taking part of this initiative and health of taking player health and safety seriously then why isn't this more of a topic you would think it would be i'm just very confused so yeah let me know what you guys think you know down below in the comments on social media on here do you guys think they should go to all turf i think they should as far as Derek Carr, where do you guys think he's going again my favorite indianapolis if not indianapolis washington could be interesting we'll just have to kind of wait and see but anyways Thank you guys so much for being here in this 229th episode of the Defend Home Field podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure to follow, share, and give it a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And with that being said, I will see you guys next time.